Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Ann, we're going to discuss a very, very interesting film with a very simple title, Room. Mm-hmm. This is a story, the first half of which takes place in a very, very small room, probably 10 by 10. It is. It's tiny. It is occupied by a young woman. We only know her as Ma and her five-year-old son, Jack. Mm -hmm. Ma was kidnapped when she was very young by a sex maniac and locked into this room. The only person she sees ever is her captor. And of course, she gets pregnant and she has this son named Jack. And he never sees anybody except his mother and his so-called father. Known as Old Nick. Old Nick. Mm -hmm. She never refers to him as the father. Never. This begins as a very, very disturbing and depressing film to watch. Mm -hmm. Because let us remember that this child has never been out of the door. He has never seen the sky. He has never seen a tree. It's a horrible thing. But what's beautiful about it is that these two human beings love each other so much. I agree. It's a credit to the director, Lenny Anderson, that the first hour or so of Room is not so claustrophobic that it will drive you up the aisle and outside to freedom, because that's the way you begin to feel. However, because of this extraordinary bonding, this relationship between Ma and Jack, the movie has a kind of inspiring life to it. Yes, it's depressing, but Les, I thought this had such a message of hope. And I thought that the film really showed what the human spirit can endure. Resourceful as she is, the character Joy, known as Ma, does what she can to make that 10 by 10 space workable for the two of them. There's a little corner assigned to book learning and school, and then there's another little corner for cooking, and then there's another little corner for sleeping and a little bathtub for washing. Yeah. Their captor, old Nick, rotten as he is, scrounges around and brings Ma and Jack the bare necessities, just enough for these two to eke out some kind of a pathetic existence. But it was really Ma who brings the feeling of breadth and depth to their existence. And it's a miracle, really, that these two people were able to get through this horrible, horrible situation and eventually find their way to freedom. Well, what is also amazing about this film is the two actors who play these roles. I agree. Let's talk about them. Brie Larson. Mm -hmm. I was not familiar with her until I saw this film. I'm sure I've seen her in other things. She was in Trainwreck, but in a minor part. Right. And her son, Jack, played by Jacob Tremblay. Oh, my heavens, what a performance from that young boy. (laughs) You cannot believe how wonderful these two actors are. When you watch this film, you will be amazed at how much these two people enjoy each other under the worst circumstances and keep each other with a will to live, a will to survive. And also with some touches of humor. I mean, it's not all depressing. I didn't think less. They joke with each other. Oh, sure. They spar with each other. They're really the only company each has. Right. I thought Brie Larson was brilliant in this. She's very unadorned. She's free of makeup. Her hair is scraggly. She wears old clothes. She's disheveled. Yeah. But who wouldn't be? However, she is one remarkable woman. Somehow, she's sane, and she's emotionally very well-centered. She's strong, 
disciplined, smart, and she's edgy. And that makes her character interesting and fascinating. And it helps to explain why the young boy, Jack, is as educated as he is and is as amusing and brilliant a kid. It's because she's great. And that's what makes the relationship cook on screen. Otherwise, this would be impossible to get through. I can't tell you. Yes, that's very, very true. And frankly, for the first hour, I was wishing for it to end. Really? Yeah, because I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Well, thanks to a very bizarre escape plan that Ma cooks up, she is able to get her son out of that 10 by 10 shed and get him to the authorities. That sequence is so well done. I know that it's far-fetched, but boy, it was the only choice she had. And I'm not going to give it away, but that was clever thinking on her part. There's no question about that. Now, the second half of the film deals with these characters adjusting to their newfound freedom, and that presents many more obstacles than one might think. Absolutely. When they are finally free and they reconnect with her mother, mm-hmm. played by the wonderful Joan Allen. Terrific actress. And her divorced father, played by the great William H. Macy. It's very difficult to watch how the grandfather relates to his grandson. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that Joan Allen has a new boyfriend. She's living with a guy, and his name is Tom McManus. His character's name is Leo. And Leo develops a fantastic relationship with the young boy, Jack. He kind of replaces what William H. Macy's character should have been doing. And that's because Macy has a very peculiar attitude towards the return of his daughter and his grandson. He seems to be confused about that. And that leaves a slightly sour taste in the film. I'm not sure what the writer was thinking, but I can tell you that it's not what you expect from a grandfather being reunited with his daughter and having to say hello to a new grandson, someone that he had never met. A grandson that was fathered by a horrible human being. Well, of course. That probably has a lot to do with his attitude. Joan Allen and William H. Macy have very small roles, but they are terrific. Well, she has a spectacular scene where she relates to her grandson in such a gentle, caring way. Jack has never had his hair cut. So he really looks like a girl. That's right. Because his hair is halfway down his back, and he has very delicate features. And she finally convinces him that it's time for him to get his hair cut. And that sequence then sets the young boy out on a path to a new identity and something that he can embrace in his new world. That's very true. I think that's the amazing thing. For them to survive what they have survived, how Jack survived his entire life Mm -hmm. in this one little room without seeing any other human beings, and how they manage to right themselves. Adapt. Once they find freedom, if you can call it that. Well, I think Jack adapts more quickly because he is a kid, and after all, they kind of have those innate skills that allow them to do that more quickly. Joy, Ma, in this case, has a much more difficult time. She's traumatized by the past, and she has a very hard time of it adjusting to her status. She grants some interviews on television, which backfire. She has a meltdown. She ends up having to deal with the ghosts of her past. And, of course, they are not pretty. Right. So her survival the entire time was to get Jack to safety. And, of course, she wanted to be safe along with him. 
But as I said, Jack seems to find his new life more easily led than Ma does. The very final scene in this film will just rip your heart out. There's no dialogue. It's just there. Mm -hmm. And you've been watching it for almost two hours, but now you really relate to what this film was about, what these people suffered, and how they have come out and tried to find their own balance. It's really very, very wonderful. Nobody keeps a dry eye at the last two minutes of this film. Well, you know, let's be honest. Ma and Jack survived hell on earth. Yep. After all, she was living in that hut for seven years and Jack for five. The transformative power of their love and Joy's great talent for survival and ability to continue to have hope and purpose, I thought that those qualities gave this film muscle, and I thought they gave it a very strong emotional kick. For me, Room is, in a word, inspiring. And I'm inspired to give it a green light. Well, I've got to give it a green light, if for no other reason than the two leading performers just knocked my socks off. I didn't have the urge to see it again because it was so difficult. You don't want to rebook the room? Exactly. (laughs) But maybe a year from now, I'm going to go once again experience the tremendous, brave reality of these two actors. And of course, you'll know how the movie turns out. So perhaps when you're watching it, you won't be so filled with doom and gloom during the first hour. (laughs) That's very, very true. So two green lights for Room. See this, you'll not forget it. Well, that's about it for us for this film. We will be reviewing another film soon. We hope you'll come along with us. Until that time, my name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that whether Room or House or The Great Outdoors, you're going to be very excited the next time you go to the movies. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.